This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, it's a a Monday in Pittsburgh and, uh, well, all kinds of stuff happening here with the Steelers over the last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, they're not monster moves, but they're fill-in-the-blank moves, nice... uh Nice little setup for, you know, as they lead into the draft, fill, fill some holes here and there, spend a little cash. Yeah, it's good stuff. So uh, Saturday night, the Steelers, uh, we find out that uh, Tyson Alulu returning to the Steelers. He, yeah, that was a he had initially agreed to a contract with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, reneged on that, uh, and said, you know what, I'm changing my mind, I'm going back to Pittsburgh. Uh, then today... Uh, doesn't happen very often. I like, doesn't happen often. A couple sources there to make sure it was true. I ha- I've seen it happen before, um, specifically with a player. Now the the Ravens did this with the, with the player a couple of years ago with the they wide did receiver. it to the player, yeah, because Crabtree became available, and then all of a sudden the guy failed. Their failed his physical, physical. Yeah. that's dirty pool in my opinion. because <laughs> yeah, he went on and played somewhere else. To, you know, right, got picked up. And yeah, you know. uh, but I can recall there was a uh, uh, undrafted rookie, and this is probably 10, 15 years ago. Um, who initially agreed to a contract with the Steelers, and the team announced their their you know ten or fifteen yeah yeah unrestricted he was, on the, unrestricted. And, yeah. he was on the list, and then the next day he said you know what I'm going to sign with the Falcons instead. They offered him a little more money, Could which is yeah, which is that. why they don't announce their guys anymore until they've got the names oh, on okay. the paper until it's a done deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get so a lot of happen. calls if you're yeah. an undrafted guy like that, and you're fighting over. A couple grand, not a couple million. You know, you can yeah. see why it'd be a bigger deal, and yeah, that's not as big a deal, I guess. But so it, it does happen with yeah. some things. Um, so Tyson Lualu Black uh, today they re-signed Jordan Berry to a one-year deal, mm-hmm. which again, I, I you know when he came back last year, he was very good. He was. My question to you about that does does that mean he's the punter now? More uh, than likely, I, didn't see I mean, the contract yet? I mean, uh, they have the cap space to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, th- I They're think happy that was with them. Yeah, it's yeah. not like you know they they tried to uh, to move on from him last year. It didn't work out. Mm-hmm. You've got a guy who kicked well, well he's for you. Holder. Yeah, and the holding things, the you know, reliability as a holder is important. Right. So. They, they still have Corliss Waitman there. Those two can have another training camp. Mm-hmm battle this year and they can actually have a, an actual training camp battle as opposed to just yeah. you know kicking by themselves at, at Heinz Field. Um, but funds aren't so tight now that boy they better draft on the seventh round right or, or a, a you know man guy, you know yeah you know if we if we go with Waitman we save three hundred thousand dollars against the cap that, that's not yeah anymore. that's get not going to matter get the better guy and yeah. you know, help yourself on game day right that and then sense. finally uh, the, the Steelers uh, signing a apparently this is <laughs> coming from this whole thing broke over a, uh, uh, I guess he was playing some kind of video game. Okay. And somebody overheard him talking about signing with the Steelers, and that apparently it's now the case that he is signing with the Steelers, and that would be... I heard this one as I was like pulling into the parking lot downstairs. Yeah, so. that would be Rashad Coward, uh, mm-hmm. a, an offensive lineman from the uh, Chicago Bears. He was a restricted free agent. They didn't tender him. They didn't tender him, which is not unusual for... I mean, the Steelers didn't tender any of their three restricted free agents this mm-hmm. year because, 
Well, did we it want... gets a little pricey, and the Bears didn't have a ton to spend either. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about going to $3 million on one of these guys. And you right. think, well, maybe we can sign him back at a cheaper deal. Well, the Steelers signed Rashad Coward at a That's cheaper deal. The risk you take if yeah. you're Chicago. And he started 15 games for the Bears the last two years. I didn't know much about him. I knew that they had some. They were trying some new people in it, it line, uh, on the line there. It's not the best line you've ever seen or anything right. like that. What I do know about him, he's a small school guy with Old Dominion, I think. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Where he's a D-lineman. He's only 26, switched to guard at the pro level. He's a big guard. He's 6'5", 320 something yeah. like that. So more of a tackle body at guard. Those type of guys, and I'm generalizing them, usually have their best days ahead of them. They're athletic. I mean, and we'll see. You know, he's got some starting experience. I'm sure it's not a huge contract. No, I'm sure it's not either. And, you know, again, it's more depth. They've now added Joe Haig and Rashad Coward on that offensive line. Yeah. Um, you know, you've, you've added two guys with starting experience, essentially to be backups at this point. I think they got seven linemen now you could put out there and be okay with. You know? Yeah. And most teams don't. None of them are pouncy or, you know, uh, you know. Anthony Munoz. Well, one of them's the Castro. So. Yeah, one's the Castro. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not sure these guys have super high ceilings. But I also think they're higher on Banner than most of our listeners might be. I think they're higher. I know they're higher on Banner than any of the outside prognosticators. Right, right, right. Who right. are looking at that and saying, "Well, that's just a, he's just a guy. He's just a guy." No, they think he's a, a good player, yeah. a good starter. And and I think Dotson and Chuk's best days are ahead of them. It's interesting. I mean, now you have seven. They're, they're, they're all making the team. They're all going to be active on game day. They're NFL players. Are, is O-line a huge need anymore in the draft? I'm sure they wouldn't turn their nose up at one, but... It's not a necessity. It's, it's not, not like, oh, you anymore. have to take an offensive, right, right, ta- right, right. offensive tackle in the first round. I don't know that you do. You got three off. You got three mm-hmm. NFL offensive tackles on your roster. That guy, that guy would be fourth no matter what. I mean, unless it's Darisaw or something. Yeah, right, unless, right. It's, unless it's one of those top guys, and then you're taking them regardless. Right, right, right. Um, but you don't pigeonhole, you don't pigeonhole yourself in this head saying, okay, we're just going to take the best offensive tackle available. And if, sure. if that's Jalen Mayfield and he's the seventh yeah, guy on our list, right. like a Mayfield's we're a taking him. Yeah. example. Like, I, there's a lot better things you could do at 24 than Jalen Mayfield, in Correct. my opinion. You know? Yeah. Or, hey, if Creed Humphrey's sitting there in the second round, Sure, you know, right, yeah, you know, or something like that, or, or Landon Dickerson, or, yeah, or so right, any, yeah, yeah. anything like that. You've opened, you've opened up this possibility. This is what Kevin Colbert does. He excels at every it, yeah. year, right? Sets himself up for the draft that you don't have to make bad business decisions, you know. And he's the best I've ever seen at doing it. And this is just another move there. They could line up and play right now with that with that offensive line. And if you add more to it, great. If that doesn't happen until next year, fine. If these guys get better as they're allowed to do. It might not be as big a need. You have a new offensive line coach, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, and I think they're going to play offense a little differently too. Yeah. So you know, and and I think what this does again that the, the the two holes that they haven't filled the two biggest holes that they haven't filled, mm-hmm. um, running, running back, back yeah. and inside linebacker. Yeah. I you mean, could look at cornerback as potentially that, and I think I think it is. Uh, you know, we talked to Cam Sutton today. Okay. Cam Sutton's going to be your, your starting your, on your starter on the outside. In a base three four, it's going to be base him three, and Hayden four. are going to be the two starters. He's going to kick inside when they go to their nickel and dime. Okay. You don't have another Cam Sutton though behind him 
Right. It'd be nice to have that third-round version of him. Right. <laughs> which is what he deal. was. Which he was what, a third-round draft pick. I mean, William yeah. Gay was a fifth-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Deshae Townsend was a third-round draft pick. That's where you get those guys. Sure. And Lane might be that guy, not versatility-wise, different style of corner. He'll, pl- you know, he could play on, you know, in, on, in the sub package. He just steps on the outside, which is mm-hmm. what they did last year when Nelson or Hayden were down. Right. 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 But if you have, they the, need another corner. If you have the opportunity to draft one, you just do it. Yeah, I wouldn't be comfortable just with those four. But you don't have to do it in the first round. But you don't have to do it in the first round. I mean, you don't even have to do to it necessarily in the second round. And it doesn't have to be an outside guy or a slot. It could be either. It could yeah. be both. You know, yeah. right, right. It could be another guy like Sutton who can play inside or yeah. out. Right, exactly. You know, like exactly. A, an Eric Molden or someone like that. Yep. And again, that's the same situation of setting yourself up. Yeah, we're, we know we're going to draft a corner, but it doesn't have to be this type. You know, like, we'll just take the best corner that's out there in the given round that we like the best guy. You know, so yeah. it sets himself up well. Yeah, I, I I agree. Um, you know, so I, the running back situation. Um, we're going to go over Daniel Jeremiah's uh, top thirty or mm-hmm. top fifty here in a, in a little bit. And you sent me uh, uh, Dame Brugler's Dane, as well. Yeah, he put it at top one hundred, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, the running back situation at twenty four. Well, there'll be one, and it looks like that might be the spot to have to take one if you want to yeah. get one. Yeah, you're probably right. A difference maker, you know, right? I mean, a, a, an every down guy. Um, let's talk about that. And we have a lot in the past. Do you think a Lualu? I do. Pretty much shuts the door on three hundred pound defensive lineman for this year. Yeah, because they resign warmly as well. So right. you've you've got you the got same guys to, coming back. Right, right. You and know, still two young guys that might have some upside. See, that to me is a great move because first of all, Lualu, somebody we wanted to sign from the beginning, has a really good year. What'd you say? He played forty some percent of the he snaps. He played forty five percent of the snaps. And well. Yeah. And it's a bad defensive tackle class. You know, like that that's the difference between It's not just a bad defensive tackle class. It's, it's a maybe a historically bad defensive tackle yeah. class. It's not like boy, they don't have any stars. I or mean like, you never see a situation where there are one or two defensive tackles taken in the first round. Right. There it might just be, doesn't there happen. Might be none. Might be none. Might yeah. Be none. It just doesn't happen. I mean, even like the edge class, there isn't a Chase Young. But there's guys in the third and fourth round I like. Right. This D-tackle class, there's not a Chase Young close. <laughs> and the depth isn't great, you know. But so Yeah, people are talking about, like, Christian Barmore is the number one defensive tackle in this class. First of all, he wasn't a starter at Alabama. Right. Because they had other guys who are first-round draft picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's your number, if he's your standard bearer, and he's like twenty sixth in this draft class, maybe, 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 maybe. right? Um, if you watch like his October tape, you're like, that's the best defensive tackle in this class. I mean, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't play well for a lot of the year. Turned out the end when everyone was watching, but yeah. you know, I mean, that is questionable. Um, the kid um, from the, the the Washington kid, Owens Zarike, yeah, right, opted right, out right. last year, and then you watch his tape, and he's like, yeah, he's all right, he's okay, right? Yeah. He's not Warren Sapp, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the difference between the. That's why the Alu-Alu signing to me is so big, because I didn't want to be in that market where the tackle center group on the other side of the line, there's going to be some value. You don't oh, absolutely. need them yeah. as much, but you're going to get somebody that you have a higher grade on than where you pick them. Yeah, you could take uh, you know Michael Monet or Drew Stallman in the sixth round and go, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 you yeah. Know, these are our developmental set. You know, maybe he's not the starter right now, but... Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of those tackles, yeah. too, that'll, that'll fall further than they usually Yeah, do. because it's yeah. such a deep tackle class. I was looking at guys last night, and I'm like, any other year, this guy would, you know, mm-hmm. he's a three-year starter at 
where you know yeah right what's the matter right, right, right. you and you some know, of the numbers these guys are putting second the team day, all right. american and like sixth round grade. right right, right. <laughs> what's up with that yeah there's a gr- there's a lot of them so I, I they don't have to but i think they've set themselves up which is another colbert trait of not only not having to do things but usually being able to pick from the best pool of positions at the time running back's the only exception you know like right you're a little pigeonhole, and the market has kind of dried up. I mean, if you yeah. look at the guys who are available, really the only guys still available that haven't signed yet are James Conner, Wayne, Wayne Gallman, Gurley. Right, right. I, mean, I mean, guys I don't really want. Yeah, I mean, Con- I can see Conner being a Steeler, and I'd have no qualms with that at the right price. But he can't be the man, right? That's I, mean, it. I wrote that today, and people, right. you know, I said that you know, don't be surprised if James Conner's you know brought back at some mm-hmm. point. Well, they can't bring him back. I'm like, not as the start. You know, I guess he's. I said he, different lens. he's the number two. He's the number two. If you get a, you know, a hundred to 150 touches out of him as the number two guy, yeah, that's what you want. You know what he is. When he's healthy, you can win games with that guy, and he can put up yardage as a runner and receiver. But he can't be the guy. I mean, you, you can't true. be. You, you can't, can't run him out there for five straight games and give him, you know, 25 carries. No, that's not going to work. We've seen that. Yeah, you know, it works for spurts, but it doesn't work. For but years. can he be a guy that gets you 10, 10 carries a game? Absolutely. Sure. Spelling your starter, you, who, because you don't want to give him 340 touches over the course of the he season. Might even be your opening day starter, even if you're happy with your first round pick, right? Because make the kid you know earn who it. he is, right? Right. You trust him in protection and knows all. You know who to pick up in the blitz and what holes to hit. And, you know, I've been really critical of the, their running back room the last couple of years. But if you take everyone and move them down a rung. Right, yeah. And it's the same. If all room, of a sudden Connor's right. now replacing uh, Snell. Snell or Connor is, is, is kicks Jalen right. Samuels off the roster. Everybody goes down a rung. <laughs> it's not a bad there's thing. There's more competition yeah. and you got a higher end. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fine. I would have no problem with bringing Connor back. Not for starter money, but as a two. Yeah. And right now, I mean... Here are the contracts signed by running backs okay. this year. Kenyon Drake got an average of five and a half million dollars a year, by which is just silly. That's the worst. It's one of the worst contracts. That's the worst free agent contract deal yeah. signed this year. And he even came out and said they said they're going to use me at wide receiver some. He's little and fast, but he's not that good of a receiver. Yeah, he doesn't catch the ball well. He's not a great route runner. Other than that's a great idea. <laughs> right, that's an awful signing. Uh, Chris Carson got five point two million a year, and he's a. Second round fantasy draft. I'm like, he said, look, a good player. You're not going to give him close to that to Connor. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Williams got $3 million a year. After those two guys, nobody else got more than $3 million a year. Wow. At the running back. Aaron Jones is different. I mean, he's on that list because he signed early. Yeah. And And he went went back to his own team. Uh, Jamal Williams, Mike Davis got uh, $3 million average per year. That's one of my faves. But. If you're not going to spend $3 million on a bag... Or actually, his average is 2.75. Okay. And um, he's the number one right now. Yeah. Atlanta. Devontae Booker got $2.75 million a year. I, I don't want to do Devontae Booker. Again, that was uh, that was the Giants. Went from the yeah, Raiders yeah. to the Giants. Carlos Hyde, $2.25 million like a year. the day free agency opened. Yeah. For thirty for a 31-year-old, soon-to-be 32-year-old running back. Spent on like six teams. Uh, Mike Boone got $1.925 million. This, these he are wouldn't the, have been a bad stealer. No. Right. Uh, Samaje Pirine, $1.65 million. Right. But I'll take, like, Wayne Gallman over three or four of those people on the list, and definitely Connor over three or four people on that list. Yeah. It just is football players. I mean, Fournette signed for three point two five on a one-year deal. The other ones were all two-year okay. deals. The, the one-year deals, then Philip Lindsay got $3.25 million, and Mark Ingram got two point five. Yeah. That's the running back market That's right the market. now. I mean, if you you're James Connor, Connor you're, si- you're sitting out there going, ooh. 
If somebody offered him two million right now for a one-year deal, he should say yes. He should say yes, unless and he's unless he's holding out hope. Wait, you know, well, I'm going to wait until training camp and see if somebody gets hurt. Okay, and then they'll get but, up. But the, there's also draft picks coming into the league. Right, there's a whole influx that are about to you know yeah. screw up your market, and. That doesn't mean you're going to get $5 million a year. Yeah, you're the market for running backs is even worse than the market was for wide receivers. Oh, by far. And by I, far. I think, to me, teams should be acquiring multiple starter-caliber running backs this year. If mm-hmm. you're going to that 17th game, again, it sounds like it's, it's a lot of wear problem. and tear. You're not going to – how many running backs do you think? Top of the line, you know, 15 to 20 carry per game guys, do you think play all 17 games next year? Right. I mean, just think of all your fantasy drafts you guys were in. You took McCaffrey and Barkley first two overall. Boom, boom, gone. Yeah, you know? Kamara missed time. Kamara Cook missed a little bit of yeah. time. Um, Henry played a lot. I think Miles Sanders missed time. Mixon missed a ton of time. Chubb was out for a while. Yeah. You know, if very few have lately anyways. And last year was a particularly bad year, especially for the top guys. But it's only going to get harder. And I like your point of keeping one more on the roster than maybe you would have. Yeah. And maybe he's a specialty guy. Maybe he's a Darren I, I think Sproles that, type I think the something. 17 games affects that position more so than any other in the league. Yeah, without question. I mean, it's yeah. hard enough to get someone through 16, yeah. let alone 17-plus playoffs. I mean, offensive linemen and defensive linemen, yes, and linebackers, yeah. But usually they're delivering a blow. Mm-hmm. Whereas a running back position, I mean, they're getting into 15 to they're 20 car crashes every, yeah. every game. I and wonder, usually have multiple guys hitting them. I wonder, I mean, if it, assuming we get the 17 and three preseasons, so the teams that draft ATN, Harris, and Williams, how much will you play them in the preseason? I mean, they're going to be high picks. They're going to be top 50 picks, whether yeah. they're Steelers or not. Do you save them a little? Yeah, I think you like, gotta, I'm not playing McCaffrey at I all. mean, you have to find out what they're, what they're like in pass protection without and that question, kind of stuff. Without question. So you got to play them enough to do that. It's not a Barkley situation no. where you just put them in bubble wrap for the, the, the right. preseason. But I, I, I do think that you, you know, whereas maybe you gave, hey, we want to see the kid get 50 carries in the preseason to get his feet sure. wet. Maybe now it's only 25 to 30. Like you'd just love to see that with Snell. Yeah. You know, somebody like that. But, you know, it doesn't break your heart if he gets hurt. <laughs> you know? Maybe you do use those, those uh, you know, your your lesser. I can see it being a big McFarland preseason. No oh, yeah. What. Yeah, a guy who's got to prove that he belongs on a roster. Your first-round draft pick, one of those three guys, he's going to be on your roster. Oh, yeah, yeah, without question. Yeah. I wouldn't want to use him up in the preseason is my point. You yeah. know, if, if he's going to play I mean, I can remember when, when the Steelers drafted Le'Veon Bell in the second round in 2013, and Mike Tomlin was going live in practice. Yeah, yeah. And Bell got hurt. Yeah. And ended up missing the first three games of the season. He was their guy. And he was. I mean, he was drafted to be the. He one. was drafted to be he the one. He was the yeah. guy, and he missed the first three games of the season. They started zero and four that year. Hmm. You know, their record with Bell as opposed to without Bell that year. I think they were eight and four. So he came in and gave him a real shot in the yeah. arm, even as a rookie, and was better in the second year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I so, mean, imagine all, all the people that talk about you know don't use a first round pick on a running back. I understand that logic. But think about this team if they had a Lev Bell in his prime the last two years. Yeah. Again, it's easy to say when you have a running back. Yeah, yeah. Right. When your when your top running back is right now is Benny Snell, mm-hmm. then running back becomes a big priority. <laughs> big priority. Yeah. Or if you're the Miami Dolphins and your top running back is I don't even know who their guy is right now. Gaskin, I guess. Yeah, is probably their best dude. They did right? that last year. They saw it, and they yeah. couldn't keep a guy healthy. The Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta's best guy. People talk Davis. about well, you know, the 49ers just go out and get guys. 
Yeah, and they end up using six running backs every year. Yeah, they do. I mean, they go. They've also spent a ton of money on McKinnon, and they gave Tevin Coleman way more than this money. Absolutely, that we're about. yeah. He was like five or six right. a year ago. And they paid injured. guys. They paid guys. Right, right. And they've gone through a lot. And that system's been. Pro- Everyone just assumes because Mike Shanahan did it way back when that you could go from Terrell Davis to Anderson and Tatum Bell. and The other know. thing is that those guys don't last. They don't last at all. Uh, so right. You use them up in two years. And, oh, by the way, even those old Bronco teams, he traded Champ Bailey to get Portis. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's a Hall of Fame quarter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, they use resources on these guys. They did too. value, right, yeah. Right. They did value the position. And yeah. So it's not just – it goes back to, the, you know, the, the – Graphic that we put out uh, or put out last week from four for four, where mm-hmm. you know eighty percent of the thousand yard rushing season since two thousand have come from guys taken in those first two rounds. Yeah, right. Eighty percent. Right. I bet that's not true at receiver. No, I mean there's so many second and third, you know, day two guys, yeah. the Michael Thomases and Adams. Yeah. And, you, know, you can and, you yeah. can find running backs in in later rounds. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, they don't last as long. No. Because they're not a high pedigree guy. I mean, even as good as Terrell Davis was, he didn't last very long. He didn't last very long. The other thing with those guys, and even, I mean, any of those guys that weren't first two rounders, they don't start the season as starters. Right. You know, like, oh, you, I, mean, I keep using fantasy references, but, okay, you had Robinson from the Jags last year. You didn't start him in fantasy from the beginning. You didn't right. know he was good. It takes you three weeks the to The Jaguars didn't know he was right, good. Right, It takes you a while to realize they're even good. Yeah. And then, you know, they beat their head into the ground, and they don't last long. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember— the first-rounders last forever. It, it reminds but. me of—I uh, went down I was, when I was still uh, doing some high school stuff. Uh, one year, I went to Fort Cherry High School. And I'm talking to their, their longtime coach, Jim Gary, who was Marty Schottenheimer's coach and Marvin mm. Lewis's head coach. He'd been there forever. Pretty good veteran, He had yeah. seen a lot of good players over the sure. course of his career. And— He's, I said, who's your who's your running back? They just had their, their top running back graduate. Who's your running back this year? And he mentions a couple of seniors and a, a ju- you know junior. And so now I got this freshman, Mike Vernillo. He's you know he may get some carries here or there. That guy Vernillo ended up being the all time leading rusher in oh, really? in, in Whitfield history. He was just a you know they didn't know what they had. They didn't know what he they didn't had, start yeah, the right. season as the starter. Mm-hmm. You know it was like two or three weeks into the season. Oh. Put the kid in there, and every time he gets the, gets the ball, he breaks off a twenty-five yard run. You know, okay, he's a starter. I'm not saying McFarland is Vernello, but maybe he is. You know, we, yeah. he really didn't get a chance to show himself. I mean, and if he had a preseason, people maybe he would people are saying, know? "Oh, well, he's a bust. He didn't do anything his rookie year. They wouldn't give him the ball. They wouldn't give him the ball because they couldn't trust him. To, you know, they didn't know who he is. You don't know. He didn't have a preseason. They didn't have a preseason. Look right. at every rookie running back from last season. Right. None of them did anything until late in the year, and it was out of necessity. Oh, absolutely! They all took a long time. I mean, even the best ones, the Acres and Taylors, and the Dobbins guys drafted in this in the forever. second. Yeah, right. other you know, Edward Solaire. Oh, he had that big game in the opener, and then nothing. Really, his, you look at the rest of his season; it was after. It was disappointing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for a first round back. I mean, if the Steelers take it back in the first round, and you said he could have the exact same season Dobbins had last year, or Edward Solaire had last year, I'd say no. Go I think he had like twelve hundred total yards, like. Okay, you were the guy, mm-hmm. and he missed some time, but you were yeah. the guy. But you should catch sixty balls, right? You know, if you're him, you know, in that offense too. Yeah, and, and last year was bad for running backs. So we we thought the opposite for again fantasy reasons. Running backs will step right in. Yeah, that's easy for us to say, but the coaches have to say, "Hey, J.K., get in the game." But I don't trust him to protect yet. I haven't seen. Yeah, him. I don't want to get my quarterback killed. Right, absolutely. I mean, that's a, and that's always going to be a factor for McFarland. 
It's always going to be a factor for me. The little backs are, it's all, I don't care. They could be the toughest little back in the world, mm-hmm. but they're going to get run over in pass protection. But let's say COVID, we never heard of COVID, and the Steelers play five preseason games. He may have been in week two yeah. trusted by then. You know? Right. And maybe he will be next year. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, but that, that, that story hasn't been written yet. No, not even close. Right. And, and so, uh, yeah, but I still think, you know, you look at it, running back it's is priority number one. Mm-hmm. They don't have a starter there. They have a starter everywhere else. And a guy yeah. who has lined up and started at least half a season's worth of games at that position. I'm not arguing with you, but I think there's a, still a conversation about corner because there's three starters at corner. I mean, there's two starters on this team for sure. I yeah. don't know that there's three starters on this team. I just don't know. I'm not saying Lane is or isn't. Again, I wish I could see him. Yeah. They know. I don't. You yeah. Know? So maybe that is their two biggest needs at this point, corner and running back. Maybe linebacker too. Yeah. I mean, we just looked at it originally and said they got to build a running game. they got to rebuild a whole offensive line. I mean, they won't turn their nose up at a center or a tackle, and they're loaded. They're not loaded at guard, but they're yeah. fine at guard. But it may be pick four or five before they go O-line. Yeah. And I don't think I'd be critical of that if they had. See, I think a lot of fans would be. I'm I sure can't they believe they, I can't believe they're not taking offensive linemen. Again, when we had Greg Cosell on a couple of weeks ago, the quickest way to create a running game is to get a good running it's back. get a good back. <laughs> and – I'll reference Pro Football Focus real quick. They'll always kill you for taking backs. But they also have a theory, and I kind of agree with this one. Just don't stink on O-line. You know, if yeah. you can have a league average O-line with seven or eight guys that you can trot out there and none of them's awful, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? You can't have a hole. You can you can't don't have a massive hole, certainly don't have two. You can get by in this league. It's nobody the, has done It's the Vikings anymore. Yeah, right. It's, I mean the Vikings offensive line isn't great. No. But they have a running game. But they have a running game, right. Why right. is that? Their guards are bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah right, right. Why do they have a running game? Because they get a great running back. Because of, yeah. Dalvin Cook would have been nice here. Yeah. The Steelers would have had a lot better running game with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, imagine right. like Dalvin, you know, if Dalvin Cook was running behind the best offensive line in the league. Sure. Right, right, right. 2,000 yards. That's, that's Emmitt Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> so, anyways, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. Uh, we want to thank Jacob Reck for keeping us on the air here during the uh, this first segment. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs> 